I'm Victoria Doherty, and welcome to the cold. Cold is the way revenge is best served, the way a war was fought, and the way a story should be told. And this week on the podcast, we're we're really going to be leaning into the cold part. Um, and... Uh, well, I'm going to be leaning in to the sort of Cold War princess, as I like to call myself, uh, side of me, the, the Cold War historical fiction writer. Um, part of this is to celebrate the coming 4th of July holiday here in America. Uh, that is a pretty big holiday for people like me, and I mean, obviously for everyone, but... Um, My mother was a political prisoner, and we have two generations um, in my family, my grandparents and my parents, who bravely and dangerously escaped communist Czechoslovakia. And so, you know, my brother and I were really um, raised, raised with a real sense of gratitude and of knowing, you know, where we came from what our lives could have been like and what they are like um, thanks to uh, the fact that that we were able to come here and be raised in a raucous thriving democracy really makes all the difference in the world and um, you know normally I would have perhaps saved this podcast for November because that's really when all the big anniversaries are for um, for topics like this. I mean, it, there is the uh, anniversary of the Velvet Revolution, which uh, for those of you who don't know what that is or need a refresher course, it, um, it was the revolution uh, in Czechoslovakia that was entirely bloodless and peaceful and um, it was a transition from communism to a free society. And uh, that, the fact that that could have been done without a war is truly great and deserves, <laughs> deserves to be celebrated. And, um, but it's also a bit of a darker anniversary because November also marks um, the anniversary of the Soviet Revolution, which was a bit of a reverse commute because that went from, um, well, it wasn't necessarily a democracy before that, but it's certainly uh, when when the Soviets took over, when the communists took over Russia, it was certainly a turn for the worse. And um, I decided that I really wanted to commemorate um, a bit of this in the first week of July, um, because strangely, there has been a lot of Stalin whitewashing going on on Twitter, which is really quite bizarre to watch. Um, well, I think, you know, I think academics, some academics that are, I think, still sort of favor that um, that system and, and view it from a romantic lens um, have been kind of saying, curiously, favorable things about Joseph Stalin which um, is something that I personally have a very difficult time with. Um, 
And I, I always try to, you know, when I talk to my kids about this stuff and, and their friends, I always try to urge them to take a look at how, you know, people who wear Mao or Lenin or Che t-shirts, I understand that sometimes they're doing it ironically and that this is a, you know, a spirit of youth. And I certainly shared it when I was young, but that really, when you look at the atrocities that were committed under those systems and that continue to be committed under those systems in um, the countries that are still under that sway, you you see that it's really no different than walking around wearing a Klan hood or a Hitler t-shirt. But I want to have a little bit of humor about this this week too. I mean, it's it's a serious topic, and um, certainly my my mother thinks it's a very serious topic. My grandparents certainly thought it was a very serious topic, but uh, we do have a sense of humor here, even if we do have a dark sense of humor. So, here in July, coming up on the Fourth of July holiday, I want to celebrate about 104 craptastic years of communism. Um, we're going to be coming up on the 104-year anniversary, I believe, of what was truly a morally and intellectually bankrupt system. One that cost the world somewhere in the realm of 100 million souls through systemized starvation, random executions, gulags, balls-out genocide, and other forms of creative murder. So I thought we'd take a few minutes this week to sit back and reflect on the 32 odd years since the beginning of the fall of the Soviet Union. You know, just to feel good about ourselves in these trying times and all of that. Now, while it's true that we still have some holdouts, namely Cuba and Venezuela and North Korea, who are trying to remain pure, whatever that means, the fact is that things in the former Eastern Bloc are nearly unrecognizable from just a few decades ago. The general vibe in the region, even on the heels of a global pandemic, and um, well, you know, not so long after a massive global recession, it's now more like the Vanity Fair Oscar night to do where attractive up-and-comers nibble on truffle puffs and drink rosé champagne. It's a far cry from the droll mid-level office party reminiscent of the way things used to be there. You know, I mean, you know the one. It actually takes place in an office under fluorescent lighting with that sickly greenish tint. There's no music. No spouse is allowed. And the deli tray comes from the local discount supermarket and would otherwise go untouched if people didn't need to find something to do with themselves other than talk about needing a new color copier. Because that was pretty much the vibe of the whole place under communism. I mean, in my own Iron Curtain experience, I remember the dismal slop cafeterias that served, honestly, some of the worst food I've ever encountered. Stews with thick layers of grease that floated over gristly meat and old potatoes like the Exxon Valdez oil spill. The spirit of customer service that inspired insult, indifference, 
and even contempt. A waiter actually once snarled, blow me, after I asked him for a menu. And what's more was that I wasn't even surprised. And he never brought me my menu, by the way. There was a sense of style that can only be described as failure chic, poor quality textiles that not only trapped but enhanced stale, unpleasant body odors, the casual don of oily, dandruff speckled hair, and a perfume of alcohol and cheap cigarettes that clung to nearly everyone's breath and general aura like a silent but deadly fart. And let's not forget the architecture that made you want to kill yourself. Stark, brutalist, largely made of cement. I guess it had ambition. I mean, that's that's one thing because often these buildings were very large, but they utterly lacked imagination, inspiration, empathy, or soul. They were just unimaginably depressing to be in. I always felt when you when I walked into one of these old brutalist hotels. I mean, they were impressive in their size, but you sort of felt like you'd been swallowed by a whale. And now what? I mean, you were, you were waiting. It's like you were waiting to die. <laughs> All of this was wrapped up in a culture of paranoia and oppression that dissuaded intimacy and even broke family bonds. It impelled people to plaster book covers made of paper bags onto their reading materials. I mean, you wouldn't want anyone to know what type of fiction you liked, God forbid. And people actually padded their doors and walls with cushions so as not to be overheard by spying neighbors. In a culture where the government openly advocates snitching, and cultivates envy, no one is safe. And it really did feel that way. It felt like you were never safe. But much of that is over now in what used to be called the Soviet Union and has been for a while. I mean, there were people, there are so many people, there are almost two generations of people now who weren't even born under the old system. And these young people are hip. They favor craft beers and barbecue joints. The cafes are a Twitter with conversations about popular culture and travel and politics. Nobody makes their own book covers anymore and flagrantly reads whatever the hell they want. I can no longer tell the difference between an Eastern and Western European based on dress or posture or general disposition. And even the waiters seem jolly. So, <laughs> despite the uncertainties of our age, the Stalinist whitewashers, the global pandemics, the terrorist plots, the wacko gunmen, the awful, 
awful partisan divisions and the IQ-crushing media culture, I still think we have a lot to be optimistic about. A mere 30 years ago, the dominant belief was that communism was not only here to stay, but would ultimately prevail, so we best get used to it. East Berliners had to reconcile their own grimy and tedious lifestyle with the bright lights and festive bustle that they knew to be bursting like a star from every bar and boutique just a few steps away in West Berlin. Few of them ever thought their city would be whole again, let alone their nation, and we were all just sitting around waiting, just waiting for Russia to finally make her move and put us out of our suspense. I mean, the 80s were were filled with movies like that. You know, Red Dawn and, and even like Rocky. Well, I don't even know. I guess it was Rocky IV where he fought the, the, the big Russian played by Dolph Lundgren. Rocky did. So, those days are over. And no bad party goes on forever. I mean, even the most desperate, die-hard revelers, the ones who want to bed any girl who will have them, who need to at least be able to say they did something on Saturday night, even they eventually go home. Sick of the wrong music, too loud, too weird, bored of the small talk, done with the ever-clear punch and Coors Light. Even they can't take it anymore. So let's remember that as we fret over our problems of the day and head into the 4th of July. And let's celebrate, prematurely perhaps, (laughs) the end of the aforementioned bad party, the Communist Party. (laughs) And, um, In light of that, um, please enjoy, uh, please take a look at my friend Mark Baker's new travel blog, which centers on Central Europe. Um, Mark is an old friend and he makes his home in Prague and he's been in the region a long time, kind of critter critter crawling through little known towns and haunting eccentric looking cafes and taking gorgeous pictures and writing for publications like Lonely Planet and he has such an artistic eye and he knows a great story so I think you'll I think you'll really love it and I will I will leave um, a link to it in the, the sort of podcast description and if you're in the mood for some Cold War fiction do check out um, books one and two of my Cold War Chronicles uh, The Bone Church and The Hungarian which moody and cold worry and have a dark sense of humor to them um along with a lot of thrills they're uh, I, I hope you'll enjoy them they are a fun trip down memory memory lane and um do enjoy your fourth of july we're going to be at the beach so i i will not be recording next week and we are going to be watching fireworks and grilling burgers and appreciating the wonderful 
loud, free, flawed, and beautiful and principled country that um, that we live in. Have a wonderful week. Thank you.